With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher, Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers, Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. Eddie Ladies and gentlemen, we are off. We have the, we have fall camp that is going on. Eddie Radosevich and I just back from uh, our first media session with Lincoln Riley and the uh, OU coaching staff. Uh, haven't interviewed any players. That will come up on Saturday at Media Day and Fan Appreciation Day. Uh, but uh, just to give you guys a little bit of a taste, uh, went to practice early this morning and saw that Rodney Anderson was not practicing with the receivers. And Alex Dalton was uh, over on the underneath the exercise tent riding an exercise bicycle. Uh, so Lincoln Riley gave us an update after practice on what was going on with those two guys. We've been good in practice. The only thing that we'd, we'd announce is Alex Dalton uh, as, a, as a knee injury that'll keep him out for the season. It was a uh, off the field uh, injury that happened before camp, and uh, so obviously tough deal for him. You know, he's he's had a couple of them, you know, here. Um, so, but we're. Uh, we're going to get him rehabbed and get him back as soon as we can, but he will miss the season. Lincoln, during the open media session, we didn't see Rodney Anderson. Did yeah. he practice today? No, he didn't. He had a he had a personal matter to deal with. He'll be back tomorrow. So there is uh, Lincoln Riley on the two biggest pressing issues from today. Uh, I think we saw Rodney Anderson after the practice just kind of hanging out a little bit. Um, it looked fine, but he did practice yesterday. He was in all the practice uh, videos and things like that. But really... Uh, we, as we welcome in Eddie Radosevich, uh, who is going to say something, and Josh McQuistian uh, joins us. Uh, we're sad Josh is not in the studio today. Our, our time with Josh is his past. It was sad. I couldn't hear the intro again. It was like right back to old school. <laughs> it, was just, it was depressing. Or that Lincoln Riley soundbite that we just played either, I'm sure. Yeah, I hear bits of the sound bites, but I never get the whole thing. I don't know what that's about. Uh, sucky equipment, I guess. Um, so uh, we go out to practice today, and we get to see some of the names that Josh has been chasing around for years now. Uh, one of those that we didn't get to see, though, was Chris Robison, uh, the quarterback from Mesquite Horn, who is no longer an Oklahoma Sooner. Uh, and Josh, I know that uh, you have always uh, had you know really good relationships with the Mesquite Horn coaching staff. Uh, and uh, just to give a little inside scoopage, uh, Josh was actually the first to hear about this last night uh, and uh, called me immediately to tell me what was going on. And I kind of, as a favor, let uh, OU know, hey, we, we've got wind of this. And uh, let me turn that off. We got wind of this, and uh, I just want to let you know that we're getting ready to report this. And so we put it out there, and they soon followed. I think actually I got a text uh, from someone at OU saying, telling people on the beat expect a, a release, a news release tonight. So th- then I knew it was going down. Uh, so we had to get it out there. And 
Uh, Josh, just I, it's got to be almost crushing for you, a guy that, and, and Eddie too. I mean, you guys saw this guy about as much as anybody when he was in high school. I mean, basically two years of chasing this guy around. He committed before Baker Mayfield was ever named the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. That's wild. He, after getting my heart ripped out with Justin Hanson, I don't think anything can happen because I had enough Justice. video, or yeah, uh, I had enough video to put together a short film of him. We had quite a career retrospective. Yeah, for Justice Hanson. Absolutely. We even had a we had a in home sit down interview. I'm going to say right now, Justice Hanson will have a more successful college career than Chris Robinson. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, where Chris Robinson ends up, just for the fact that. He's kind of in a very odd situation now. But, you know, Josh, you obviously, uh, you know, Carrie and I were there the day that he was offered down at one of OU's uh, satellite, uh, satellite camps. Mesquite satellite. It was in, on his high school yeah, field. Yeah, down in uh, – or no, that was at Mesquite High, I think. Oh, it was. And he Mesquiters. was over at Horn, yeah. but same deal, You're same the town. Mesquiters field. Same town. It's a, it's a very nice field. I like that place. But, you know, Josh, you can probably expand just more on, uh, I guess, really what Oklahoma's losing. Yeah, you know, it's so funny that his his season is going to come to an end or his career at Oklahoma is going to come to an end. And it's it kind of fits in the way that I was snake bit in seeing Chris Robinson. You guys talked about it. You saw him at the camp when he got offered. I wasn't able to be there that day. Well, then as a as a um, uh, when I did interview him, I saw him at a seven on seven. Then I saw him his junior year and he got nicked up a little bit late in the game. He didn't play he didn't finish that game. Then I saw him his senior year. He got hurt on the final drive before halftime, didn't play the second half. Came back to see him later in his senior year, got hurt on the first drive of the game and didn't play the rest of the game. It was his final game of his high school career. So, like, it just it, – it's so fitting for my relationship with Robison that I'm not actually going to get to see him play in an Oklahoma uniform. But, yeah, I mean, this is a, a really talented guy. I think people kind of, because of how good – Oklahoma's quarterback situation seems to be in that it was so obvious that Chris was going to redshirt. You kind of took it for granted that he, you know that he was there and kind of forgot about him. But I mean, this is a guy that could make any throw. Very good with his feet. I mean, if there was any guy that OU was signed that kind of reminded me of Baker Mayfield, it was Chris Robinson. Like he had a lot of that kind of swagger and that attitude, and that was you know and. In all the ways that Baker managed to channel that in the right directions, you know, we, we you talked about it last week, Carrie, at, with him at Big 12 Media Days, kind of being kind of subdued and how he'd kind of uh, found a groove for himself. With Chris, it was you felt like it was always on that ragged edge, like it was this could always become a problem. And I don't think Chris is a bad kid. I, I don't want people to misunderstand anything about this. This isn't some he's a terrible guy. He did some awful thing. He just couldn't get out of his own way. He just kept doing dumb things, and he kind of had one last final straw, and he broke it over, uh, earlier this week. You know, that's I, let me ask you this. Like, when he gets offered by Lincoln Riley, and, I mean, you're looking at it now. Like, it's the, the kid that just committed, Jace McClellan, was that his name? The, the running yeah, back? Yeah, the running back from the late um, yep. Now, what is it? where is he from, Josh? Oh, God. See, I knew as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I what, what thought is it was it? I thought it was Alito. But it's Alito? I think what it is, is Alito, but I've always heard it as Alito. You gotta put like a Alito. Texas twang into it too. Like And it's not like you can go wrong. You can do Alito or Alito 
or you can go Aledo or Aledo. I mean, it's you can screw it up so many ways. West of Fort Worth. That's that's what it would be called. <laughs> Aledo is what I always knew it to be. So anyway, but what I'm saying, back to my point, um, like when you're offering a kid that's a freshman in high school or just finishing a freshman in high school, like how many kids have turned bad by then? Like not many. Like they're still, you know, developing as human beings. Like when you're offering kids that are finishing their sophomore year in high school, you know, maybe they had a beer or something in their life at that time. Most probably didn't, depending on how, you know, they grew up in youth groups and stuff like that, and they were Bible thumpers. And Listen, there's a lot of things that turn. happen between your freshman and yeah. sophomore year. Kids turn. And speaking from experience. Eddie wasn't destroying mailboxes, I'm sure, when he was no, you know, you, a sophomore. You don't turn up like that until you... Uh, <laughs> Until you steal your first 30 rack from Homeland, you don't really live. Oh, God. Um, don't admit this stuff. Uh, and look, here is my point is how dangerous is I mean, because if you're a quarterback and you're kind of cocky, like now all of a sudden you're committed to Oklahoma. You've got a scholarship there. You've got two years left in high school. And that's two years for your head to completely blow up to, to, to allow yourself to think that you can do whatever the hell you want to do. It's dangerous. Very dangerous. And especially in today's world when everything that you do is going to be either seen or heard or reported on pretty much by by anybody, whether you're in high school or whether you're in college. I mean, it's all kind of uh, intertwined in the same thing. And especially being a high-profile football player and especially a quarterback, I think that you're just looked at differently. And it, I, I don't know if that's fair, but... Uh, that's that's kind of where we are in uh, today's world. I don't know. It's, it, you're, there are going to be some hot takes out there, like, "Oh, this is Lincoln's first, you know, real his real first quarterback." Even though they had Kendall, he kind of came in and found a guy, you know, after basically everybody had been identified as a because a quarterback you're always recruiting a year earlier than every other position, but. This was really the guy that he got to go out and look at all the quarterbacks in the area. I mean, he 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 worked out Chris Robinson that morning at, at the Skeeters High School, and then we went down to South Grand Prairie, the home that Rhett Bomar built, and he worked out Sean Robinson, who went to TCU, right? Yep. And I think is I think he's like in the running to won a state championship at DeSoto last year, and I think he's, he's beat out Trill Hill. I mean, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I think he has a pretty good chance. So, I mean, but but it was really his chance to identify his guy, offer his guy, and get his guy. And he did. So now I'm sure the hot takes are going to be well, this is just indicative of it's, he's another Cliff Kingsbury. He's another tech guy. Can't handle his quarterbacks. Well, I mean, yeah, I think they will. I think the, the easiest take last night was well, if he, if he just would have hit a girl, he would have got redshirted. That that yeah, was that was kind of the, con, have that the consensus. Don't have that take. No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I think the the people that are gonna make the hot takes, that's probably their first inclination or first response, and that's clearly how we separate the dumbasses from the bitches. Jo- <laughs> Josh, uh, I mean, you were kind of hinting at this that uh, that he was a little shit from the beginning. I mean, is that kind of was that kind of your take? Like when you first started dealing with him, you, you could feel like the little shit was in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, and I, 
and I like Chris. Like I, I feel bad saying that, but I, I think there is something to kind of feel like, man, this could go one or two ways. This feels like two outcomes are possible. He's very and cocky. One is, and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris. I mean, I met Chris. Um, I believe it would have been going into his freshman year, and it was the first satellite camps that OU really did in Dallas. And it was one they did at Euless Trinity years ago. Um, and he and Kellen Deesh and a couple other guys were the first real, uh, were really the only guys there. It wasn't a great camp. It was just several kind of solid guys. But those two young guys, Kellen and Chris, were really the notables. And I remember meeting him and, you know, like, he hadn't played a snap of football for Horn yet. But you could, and, and he was just goofy, redheaded. Like, you were like, why do you think you're important? Like, why, Like you should have been taught a long time ago that, like, you're lucky to be here kind of thing. Because <laughs> he was, like, 5'10 and gangly. And yeah. you're like, I, I can I, only I, imagine. Like, it, I had a feeling of, like, I'm not sure I'm ever going to talk to you again. And so. One of those kids, like, he picks up the football and it's bigger than he is. Yeah. But then you watch him throw it and you're like, holy crap, he's. He's this kid has a rocket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like, well, all right. I can see why he's and cocky. Even then, you could feel it. You felt like this this guy might, you know, like this could go one of two ways. And as I got to know Chris and got a better feel for him, like I felt like maybe that dissipated a little bit. But I think some of it was he got comfortable with me and it was easier for him to talk. And so, like, I don't think it is core Chris is a – bad kid or a shithead i think he just sometimes does stupid things like i mean and you know god that doesn't differentiate him from most high school kids or young guys like himself but it's just one of these things where you can almost forgive when you're i hate to say running back because then everyone will point to joe mixon and think i'm making some parallel like let's say your offensive lineman makes a stupid decision you know what you can probably live with that your quarterback, whether he wants to be, whether he likes to be, is the ambassador of your program. He yeah. is the face, and people are going to look at the things he does as an embodiment of what your program is. It's why Johnny Manziel was such he was such a fire starter. His quarterbacks exactly. aren't supposed to act like that. If Johnny was a middle linebacker, he'd be Bill Romanowski and still playing in the league. Like, no one would care. Yeah. But he's a quarterback, and he's got to have certain qualities. And, I mean, I don't even think that's necessarily unfair. I mean, the, the quarterbacks have to put in more time. They're making more money. I mean, that's NFL. But, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, there are bigger responsibilities to that position than there are for any other. So for people to expect things to be treated equally, it's just not. It's not going to be. It's kind of like how, you know, it explains a lot as to why Tim Tebow had a career in the league. And a lot of other people that were just like him didn't. That were, you know, more run than run pass. I mean, Sam Bradford's a really good example of a guy that just takes care of his business. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Because <laughs> he's, he's cut off Eddie Radosevich probably from being too close into his life. No, 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 no. You can, does his wife like you? Loves me. I think I can say that. Do you think... I don't know if I believe you. I don't know if you know, is what I'm saying. Oh, no. I, I, I would know. Eddie, is there ever, was there ever a conversation with Sam with like, okay, Eddie, these things are kind of okay to talk about, these things you can't talk about, 
Or has yeah, you will ever Sam been like, be mad at us just that. for talking about this? No, it's just stuff that we don't we don't usually talk about. I mean, you're just boys. Yeah, we don't really. It doesn't really come up. Yeah, I would, don't, you don't have a I lot. Would, I don't have. I don't, my best friend and I don't have a lot of deep conversations. Yeah, I mean, I I would know that there's some things that are off limits than some things that aren't. Like, like I definitely didn't broadcast that. Like people who he's banged in the past, we can't talk about that. I well, know, yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't think that that would need to be talked about. But I, you know, I definitely didn't broadcast where his wedding was and stuff like that. Didn't you Instagram it or something? I put it on Instagram, but I don't think. I mean, not that big of a deal. Have you gotten in trouble for anything that you've done? I don't think so. Since he's been a pro quarterback. I don't think so. I don't think he probably knows most of the stuff either, though. <laughs> <laughs> and for He doesn't know about the parties we threw at his house when he wasn't there. <laughs> no, nah, he was there all the time for those. <laughs> you know, for those listening, I feel like we bring up Sam sometimes with Eddie. I have to say, for a guy that has, obviously, a much more famous friend than Carrier I have, Eddie's really good. Like, it may seem like he's not, but Eddie, like, that doesn't come up. Like, we don't talk no. about, like, Eddie's real good about not dropping that name when he needs and it. And I'll say this. We used to talk about it, you know, a little bit. You know, we just, just like on road trips and stuff. But there would legitimately be people, I'm not naming any names. There would legitimately be people in the media that wanted to go to lunch with Eddie just so they could ask him Sam questions. That's weird. But I'm saying it's happened. You know it's happened. Yeah, that's, and that's weird. I mean, it's uh, it is what it I is. Mean, they, they, look, they want to go to lunch with you too. Yeah, because you're you're a fun guy. There's there's just like there's certain things on Twitter, and I even got into it with somebody last night talking about the Vikings and Sam being injury prone, just stuff like that. That like I will fire back at people on Twitter if they say stuff like that. Yeah, because you're a good friend. I hope so. Uh, one thing that Eddie does hate that I wanted to talk about on this podcast today is irrational hatred for fake or parody accounts on Twitter. Well, it's not that I hate them as no, much as you hate, I hate them. You no, get I hate so them. mad. <laughs> I hate them. I do. You get more mad about parody accounts than any than anything I've ever seen you get mad about. Well, it's just because a if you're gonna Don't do it, say any be F funny. Words. Be funny. Yeah. Be be creative. Be creative. And half Faux the time, Polini is a great parody. Account. It's a. I, I, that's like the bar. The gold standard. Yeah. That is. That is as high as you can get for one. And some people just they they waste it. They waste their opportunity. And if you're because they're take, not funny, you're right. They, yeah. the funniest that they could be is to come up with a slightly mean take on like Bob Stoops pinky. Or uh, I think the the one uh, Bob Stoops account that I think is pretty funny is the Tuscany Bob. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good yeah. one. They do a really good job with that one. Uh, but there's Bob some Stoops that are statue just, is okay. I don't think I've seen. Uh, I don't. I, is it? Yeah, Bob Stoops statue, and then there's one for Switzer statue too, isn't there? I think that's right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's Switzer statue that I think is it. No, some, it's Bob Stoops. Some statue. are just stupid though. Like uh, there was one guy, and it wasn't even like it was just trying to fool people that he was Lincoln Riley. It wasn't like fake Lincoln Riley. It was like OU coach Riley, like trying to make it similar. And he was following everyone, and then he was asking us if we would follow him back. And Eddie just straight said no because you're a loser. Yeah. And that, that I just ignore him. True. Just let, like, why even start? Just ignore him. I just can't. I can't. I can't ignore it. it. I can't. Are There's you some more things bothered? that. Oh, go ahead. 
are you more bothered by a fake? Because uh, this kind of this conversation started between the three of us because Carrie found one of you last night. Oh yeah, someone did a. Are fake you more Eddie. bothered by someone impersonating you, or just in general they're all stupid? Uh, just general they're all stupid. The the one with the one that started with me is just weird though because the, like there's a Facebook account and it's like the same picture and the same guy. So I don't know if. Like there really is He's another a Texas Edward Ranger fan, and he looks nothing like you. But he followed me, so I think it's a fake account. It's just weird, and it's just one of those things. But that he said his name is Edward Radosovich. So weird. Which there's not. Like I feel like I do, I would know another Radosovich, and especially with my same name. So I don't know. It it just there's something something fishy about it. I'm gonna figure it out when I do. <laughs> I'm See, like if I him. if I was just bored and didn't want, like I would start an Eddie Radosovich parody account, and I would go follow every single uh, beat writer for the Minnesota Vikings, and anytime they said something not glowing about Sam Bradford, I would attack them. Well, that comes very rare because they usually don't say anything bad, or they usually. But if he had a bad game or something, oh yeah, yeah, that's. I true. would just use that account to just abuse sports writers. Maybe I started it and just don't want anybody to know. And to fire <laughs> off at Tim Kawakami all the time. Well, I'm blocked by him, so I... But if you have the parody account... Yeah, that's can, true. That's he true. can see what you're doing. That's true. He he just seems like the biggest bitch ever. Also, you could attack Tulsa football whenever you wanted. You could, like, if they lost a game, you could just do a big quote tweet. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Tulsa. Poor folks. This is so sad start because a rivalry. I feel really bad because someone is going to now go out and do this based off of my idea because they're not smart enough to do it on their own, which you're going to have a great parody account, but I'm just telling you right now, you're probably not really funny. Yeah, that's true. Because you didn't think of this on your... See, I I never thought of that until just now. I just made a fantastic parody. That's how easy it is. So when you screw it up, I agree with Eddie. You're a stupid human being. And you don't deserve to exactly. live. Exactly. And see how easy it is to make a good parody account. You really all you have to do is just be funny and, and entertain me, and that will uh, that will get it out usually. But there's some people that try to use their fake account or faux account to be serious, and then that's when it like starts. That's ironic. Like that's some kind of hipster ironic. Yeah, thing. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Or the people that start parody accounts just to be assholes, like. Just to be so mean-spirited that it's not funny to anyone but them. Yeah, that's true. And I think there is a lot of that in the in the Twitter sphere these days. But, oh well, football's back, so you can't, you can't really, you can't be too mad about the I'm situation. I'm glad we could have hand. this discussion. Yeah, you can't Finally. be too mad about the situation. It was, it was By good the to way, get back out to the football field today. Uh, Josh, you're going to pay for that comment about Eddie having the most famous friend of all of us. Because I think Jared's going to be pissed at that. Oh, you know, and you know, I love like I'm a. But he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's face it. There's nothing bigger than the NFL. I mean, it's not like Jared is Bono. Like if he were Bono, then yeah, yeah, he's bigger than Sam Brad. Well, and if you wanted to say Kings of Leon, the entity. And Sam Bradford, like, well, like is is Caleb bigger than Sam? Because I mean. He's married to a Victoria's Secret model. Of course, Jared's wife is lovely too. Martha, hello. Um, <laughs> but is like Kate, the lead singer of Kings of Leon versus Sam Bradford? Is that he, I still I still think Sam Bradford wins. I, I still I know, think Sam Bradford wins. As long as he's a starting just, quarterback. 
I don't know. Worldwide. Well, worldwide, yeah. Getting into an area. Let's say in the U.S. Yeah, Let's say in the U.S. I don't know if I want to. I might just go no comment. Plead the fifth. So you think that there's a chance that Caleb Followell is bigger than Sam Bradford in the U.S.? I really have no idea. Internationally, I don't think there's any question. It would be Caleb. Yeah, Especially the last, in the U.K. Last I checked, uh, the uh, Jared's bigger than Vikings, him in the U.K. Vikings number eight isn't doing too well in uh, the U.K. right now. The jersey, the jersey sales. sales. Yeah. Yeah, he's big in Brighton, but outside of that, it's just not a big deal over there. <laughs> okay, you pull out Brighton. <laughs> hey, watch a lot of English soccer. Dude. Yeah, you do. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah. getting back to it, let's get, we'll, we'll stop screwing around for a little bit. Um, went out to practice. I, I think we got to talk about first impressions today. I'll say this I, I spent some time watching. Uh, first thing I want to do is go get some pics of Ruff and McNeil. So I went over, and of course, I'm sitting there with the defensive tackles. First thing that really stood out to me, Neville Gallimore's worked really hard in the offseason. He looks fantastic. He looks great. Uh, I had talked to someone who had watched practice today, and they told me that Tyrese Lott is the most impressive young guy, new face that they saw on the defensive line. First thing that pops out to me is just the the size. They're the big. Sh- the sheer size that they Lots have. Lots big. Uh, the foul, James is big. The, and the foul Matu guy. He's a man. He was a lot bigger than I was thinking. Yeah. He's and a I, big I man. put up a bunch of gifts of like him. McKinney's and, really big. See, I didn't see him. Zacchaeus, That's one that I didn't see. Zacchaeus. Whatever. Uh, I put up. Video of those guys on the board, so if you want to check them out for I yourselves. got lots of pics of those yeah. guys, so I'll have a photo gallery. Very big, though. Like the, I think that's going to be the the kind of your main thing when you see the team in person is just when you see guys like that on the defensive line, when you see the offensive line, of course, they're really big. Uh, Robert Barnes is huge right now. He looks great. Yeah, and he got he got some praise from uh, Kerry Cook saying that you know he's doing things that he would expect out of juniors and seniors. So I think that free safety spot is really interesting. And Barnes looks like a safety. Like I wondered when he was in high school, is he gonna be? Is he gonna kind of grow out of being a safety and more like a linebacker? He looks like a safety. Yeah, I think I was worried because you know his dad Reggie. Yeah, yeah. it's a huge dude. Yeah. But Robert, yeah, I mean, his, his body type is of a... I kind of thought he was Chance Sylvie until I saw he was 20 instead of 28. <laughs> He's built kind of like that. So I, and I'll say this. Um, receiver-wise, got to see plenty of Charleston Rambo and Sedarian Lamb. Boy, I mean, Lamb has a chance. Rambo is really rail thin. Like, really light. Surprised that both of them... Both of them were pretty thin. Yeah. But, man, the, I, I don't know physically if those guys are ready yet. Athletically, I have no doubts. I think Rambo my, or, or Lamb might have a little bit of an edge, a little bit more muscular. But, yeah, I, I mean, to me it looks like Rambo needs a year of, of strength development. Just looking at Lamb, he looks like one of those guys that I don't think that they're – and, Kerry, you even said it a little bit right before we started recording this, is I don't think there's any doubt – Give him some time to get bigger. He's going to be very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Like, you can just tell. He walks around with that that attitude that, you know, I'm here to catch a lot of passes. Jeff Bidette was longer than I thought he would be. Yeah. he. The more you look at him, he's a guy that's he's going to play a lot. Yeah. Like, I Gino, don't think there's any doubt. Gino Lewis, I was surprised by how thick he was, like mm-hmm. stout. Um, I was surprised by Bidette's length. Like, compared to Marquise Brown... He's quite a bit longer. 
Yes. And and Marquise Brown is very small. Yeah. He's small. I, I mean, there's just no But he kind of has that DD, you know, like he's he's if it's if he can be stout and mm-hmm. small, yeah. He is. Yeah. He's I like mean, he's low, definitely not low paper body thin. fat. You know, he's got he's got some muscle, but he's just not big. Yeah. I mean, he not did get all. what like twenty pounds since he's been here. Twenty two pounds. Uh, I think he claims twenty two, but you know that's kind of gets into the discussion of uh, do you really believe what they're putting out there as as weights and and heights and, and things like that. I the you know the the guy that physically is probably one of the more impressive guys out of that entire freshman class is Trey Sermon. That guy. You is you have a man huge. crush on Trey Sermon. He is humongous. Eddie has determined that I have a man crush as well. Yes, I believe you do. I am fully man crushing on Marcellus Sutton. Mar- it, both running backs, areas of need. It will be interesting, you know. With when we walk in to practice and you you're kind of going over your inventory and seeing like, okay, he's here, he's here, and then you get to the running back group and you don't see Rodney Anderson the day after pads. It was only like that was the only thing that you could think of is what the hell happened? Did something happen? But obviously that was taken care of. Personal matter. He's going to be back out like you hit on the top. But that running the running back position as a whole is interesting, just in the fact that you don't know who's going to be that guy. I I think that there's a lot of guys in that running, and definitely Rodney Anderson is certainly probably that number one spot right now. But uh, you know, running behind that offensive line, I think that it's going to make life a lot easier on Jay Bulware and anybody involved in the offense. I just think that Marcellia Sutton is a guy that is different from everybody else by just a little. I mean, he is more, uh, I mean, Abdul Adams and Rodney Anderson, I think, I think Abdul Adams has some hidden athleticism that we haven't seen yet because of the hamstring thing he had a year ago. But he, to me, still seems like an inside runner. I think, Marcellia Sutton looks like the one guy. We got to see Kennedy Brooks a little bit today, and he needs some time, I think, based on what I saw today. Um, it's just it's just twenty minute period, so what do we really know? Yeah, and there there was a lot going on out there. Like we it's, don't get to see any inside drills correct. or you know um, anything like that. And it was day four practice, but they were still just wearing uppers, which I thought was interesting. No full pet. Of course, I don't know how those guys are surviving. I mean. We're out there interviewing people, and I don't think I've ever sweat that much in my entire life. And it stunk. Was that the water treatment plant or something? I don't know. I love the smell out there. Really? Just that locker room. Pungent? Yeah, I like that. I'd wear it as cologne if I could. Oh, my God. You couldn't come and, you couldn't go on a road. You'd have to rent your own car. <laughs> uh, but I, I, think, I think that I don't even know where I'm going. But, yeah, I mean, Marcellia Sutton... To me, gives them a little shiftiness, mm-hmm. a little explosion, a little put your foot in the ground, change of direction. That it's it's really hard to say that they have anybody else like that. Well, he he definitely flashed in the spring game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Just the way that he was able to do things inside, and especially when you're looking for a guy that can make plays. I and I he's got three years, right, Josh? Does he come yeah, in for three years? Yeah, he is years? a uh, three for three guy, I believe, if I remember right. Uh, let me look at I. Hell, hell, I can pull it up on our scholarship chart. But yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. He came out. He was out of uh, North Carolina. Let's see. We've got him listed here. 
No, oh, he's a three for two guy. So if he redshirted, he could do it. But oh, he's okay, got, so he was at two yeah. at, at uh, yeah. Lackawanna or whatever. Yep, yep. So yeah, I mean, but I mean, I I I got a man crush. I'll admit it, I do. And I don't. I I came away this morning, kind of how I thought I was going in with the receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff Mead's out there. Looks like Jeff Mead. Jeff Mead, Nick Basquins, Nick Basquins. Those guys are going to have to do it in games, I think, for anybody yeah. to start believing in them. I I think that all the talk about, uh, you know, Jeff Mead finally buying in, getting bigger, and he is bigger. I think he has added some weight, but uh, they've they've reached the point in their career where you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. You have to go produce on the field. Here's the thing: I think four practices in, they know if they're going to need Lamb and Rambo. You think? I think they know. Like I think if Michael Jones is really showing, you know, a spark, or Jeff Bidette, mm-hmm. I think I think they have an idea. I I just go back to the idea that I wonder if Riley is going to be more open to the idea of playing younger guys than Bob Stoops was. I I really, honestly, truly wonder that because I do think that there was some. I don't know if it's comfort or if it's just. Uh, believing in in a system, I do think that there were opportunities for younger guys to get on the field in recent years, and they kind of took a back seat to older guys. Well, I'll wrong? say this: I'll say this. I, I one younger guy that's going to have to play probably and is no longer going to retire. It's going to be Creed Humphrey. Yeah, which, with Alex Dalton's situation, which I think halfway through the year they may not be better to start the season, but I think halfway through the year. They'll be better because Creed Humphreys, their backup center, than they would have been with Alex Dalton as a starter. I believe that. And he might, which this is, here's what's ridiculous. The way things stand right now, Drew Samia is not going to start. Who do you think is going to be Cody the other Ford guard? and Cody, Ben Powers? Are they not both playing left? No, I think Cody, Cody Ford and, from what I've heard, Drew Samia is is going to be a backup to start the season. See, wow. that's that's interesting just because I think that, you know, everybody wants to have this I just this, heard that today by Everybody the way. wants to have this too depth, too deep like uh-huh. this guy, this guy and this guy and it very much sounds like that is all in flux. They're going to put their best five guys. Can you imagine is there a team in this conference that Drew Samia could not start for? I mean, this is not no. this is not a negative against Drew Samia. This is a declaration of how badass this offensive line is. Yes, very much so. I mean, this is literally Here's, one of the better offensive lines. Could you say it's the better offensive line Oklahoma's ever had? Ever? Could be. Go ahead, Josh. Well, two things. I think with what you're saying, Eddie, if you want to go from a depth standpoint, I think you could maybe make that case at least, you know, Prior to, you know, the the 85 man limit and that sort of thing. Like, I mean, you go into those, then you're talking about, you know, we had 30 offensive linemen. It, it's, it, the numbers are going to look different for an EOU team. Yeah, there were backups but, in the Switzer era that were getting drafted that mm-hmm. didn't yeah. even play. Yeah, so th- that's a different conversation. But in the 85 man era, I think you could definitely make a case. Um, but it's what you were saying, though, Kerry, like you said, Big 12. I bet you can't name five teams that Drew Samia couldn't start for. Yeah, I, I mean, think it'd be really talk, tough. It, it's That's not just about, oh, he's really good, but he could play right guard. He could play right tackle. I yeah. presume he could probably play left guard. Yeah. I mean, he can do a lot of stuff. So if you had one weak spot, you know, 
you have 60% of your offensive line, if you have a weak spot there, he could fill it. And you know what's, so, I mean, what's crazy is because of his versatility, he literally could be the he could have the most longevity of anybody in the NFL that's on this line right now because he's that versatile. That's just that's insane to think about. I'm still trying to process him not starting. I guess it's and really it's all because Ben Powers is a badass that nobody saw coming. Ben Powers has been he was extremely good and I went because wait, you look at Ben Powers and you're like oh my god that guy needs to lose some weight I think we literally had this conversation on the podcast last year this on this same day yeah. saying like he's just another guy he looks like a coach out there <laughs> yeah and then he, he looks like he's headed to be a GA and then he makes he looks like Austin Woods exactly exactly and then he makes sorry the, Austin yeah Austin we love you but and then he makes the what the Sports Illustrated all uh bowl team for what he did against Auburn He's just yeah. a he's just kind of a mean yeah. He remember SOB. That, remember who was it the uh, was it the move the sticks guy that was that was showing uh, he and Orlando Brown just yeah, drive so. blocking people into the end zone against yeah. Auburn and Auburn had a really good defensive line. It was Cole Kubel, Cole Kubel, the, the ESPN SEC, guy uh, network. Yeah, I and and he does. I mean, and you know, I go back to when I interviewed Bennett and I and I always call him Bennett. I, I know it's Ben. So by the way, I've seen the tools that those ESPN get Dusty has showed them to me before. They're amazing. The, oh, really? the video tools that they oh, have yeah. to research. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Like uh, you get anything you want, any is it just any an angle. App? Or it for, know, I'm for probably the, not supposed to be talking okay. about this, but it's it's pretty badass. Like overheads and stuff like it. it's what coaches use. Yeah. And yeah. Whatever system they they get ESPN gets access to. A professional to that stuff. huddle. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Josh. Bennett. No, no, you're fine. It just like there are certain guys. I mean, you know, you guys know it. You, you're around recruits all the time too. But when you talk to him, you're like, he fits that coach, you know, or whether he fits OU. You know, he kind of fits the mentality. I remember talking to Powers right after he'd committed, and he's talking, to, and I was like, you know, just what do you, what would you tell me about your style of play? And he's like, I want to go out there and kick ass and kill people. Like, I mean, like it, was some, it was something like that. And he was like, can you edit out the ass part? I was like, yeah, yeah, I got you, man. But that's a great But leave the like, F and kill people in. Yeah, like it, it, it was the best quote I'd probably heard since when I remember. I remember still, it's my best one ever, was talking to Alan Patrick. And I kind of had the same question. Like, how would you describe your style of play? He's like, I put hammers to bones. And I'm oh, like, that was so oh famous. Yeah, Eddie missed that era. The yes, hammers to bones that, era. That was the f- most favorite quote on Sooner Scoop for like four years. Yeah, that was amazing. Who said it? And I mean, and, and that's Alan like, Patrick. Oh. And I remember backup. talking to Powers, and I was like, that's a Bill B. I mean, like, that fits Bill perfect. I mean, that's the guy he wants, that dude that's going to mix it up and be nasty. But to kind of go with the thought, like, I thought it was Powers or Ford because I remember last year at this point talking to people, and Kerry, I'm sure you know you guys heard the same stuff. But, like, if there was a lineman that they were talking about, like, this could be our next elite offensive lineman, it was Cody Ford. Like, people were talking about yeah. him like, this dude's NFL all day. I swear to God they have to take two pairs of pants and sew them together to make his. He, <laughs> like, he, I remember walking around and seeing uh, Phil Lodeholt and those guys, but Cody Ford is, and it could be just recent see He's bias. in that category. He's in that category as far as just being a big person. Yeah. He's just a massive an, human being. It's impressive how big he is. I, when I see people that big, you know what I think? Oh, you're going to die of an enlarged heart early <laughs> oh, in life, like Andre Jesus. the Giant. 
Well, I mean, like Andre the Giant, like died. I mean, be, you know, early. He, none of those guys ever live as long as they're supposed to. I mean, I'm, I'm being morbid. I don't mean to be. I, I, I usually just think, like, God, I'd hate to be that toilet. Oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, like Phil Oldholt really is like from the land of giants. He like, was a humongous just, person. Well, he and Sam played together, right? Yeah. But I mean, he's just he's, his head is big, his hands is big. I mean, it's just with those kind of guys, they really are like you're just thinking Guinness Book of World Records. Seeing yeah. seeing Phil Lodeholt with a beer in his hand is like he it looked like he had like a thimble in his hand. It's like those little ones you can get. It's like a it's like when Shaq palms a basketball or something. <laughs> just ridiculous. Uh, speaking of gigantic human beings, and uh, here's the thing: you've got Orlando Brown, you've got Bobby Evans, which. Josh, I don't know if you, you could speak to this, but to me, Bobby Evans has been, he might be the guy that has been the key to this line being as good as they were. Because when I first saw him here, like, you know, that guy's got a lot of potential. Uh, I don't know if he's athletic enough. And Bill Beanbow was talking about, yeah, I'm going to roll him left and right tackle. And I was like, left and nobody plays left and right tackle as a freshman. But like, I, I don't really, it's not like I've seen stuff like I have with Orlando Brown, but you don't ever see him screwing up in games, Bobby Evans. It just seems like he has really maybe been an even bigger win on the recruiting trail than we thought he would be. Yeah, I mean, because people forget Bobby got overlooked. I mean, he was a four-star. I think a, he might have been 250. He was well, right he had the that, that knee injury that took away that year. Yeah, and so, you know, like, but at the same time, he had a five-star, like one of the top five guys in the country, Greg Little, was his left tackle. So Bobby played right, oh, was yeah, kind of second yeah. fiddle, even in high school. But, you know, I, you guys were talking about your man crush earlier, and I would say if there's one guy that would be my man crush, it's Bobby Evans. Like, I love the way that dude plays. He's super athletic. He gets all over the field. Like, he's just, he's ideal for what you're looking for as a tackle. And I agree, like, I think if nothing else, he brings a little variety. You know, you've got Brown, like you said, he's a mammoth. You know, you got Cody Ford, he's a mammoth. Powers is a mauler, and then you've got Eric Wren, who's your, you know, he's your your center. I mean, like the, he's the, he fits that mold perfectly of the smart guy that's going to do the right things, isn't going to overwhelm you physically or athletically. He just kind of seems to always be where he's supposed to be. And then you have Evans, who uh, more than any of them is an athlete, and I think he just provides. Yeah a lot of flexibility. I think next year it'll be interesting if he makes that shift to left. One thing I was going to tell you, uh, I heard something today, somebody that uh, stopped by, by camp and were completely blown away by Adrian Ely. Like, completely. Uh, he's a freak. I, if, if he will... And, and the words Phil Lodeholt were thrown out. Ooh. Wow. I... I know talking to LSU people, LSU never wanted him, and I don't know what they were looking at. Like, I don't get me wrong, like he's raw, he's really raw. But I mean, you guys have seen him. You talk about a massive human being, and he can move his feet. Like, I mean, there's a lot to like there. I, I never understood how LSU let him get out of the state. He's another one of those guys, kind of in that Cody Ford, like, like you are a massive human. I know yeah. you're a massive human. I will pray for your heart. You're going to die early. I will but pray for your toilet. You're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> but Adrian Ely, I, I remember talking to him uh, or to uh, Orlando Brown at Big 12 Media Day, and Orlando was pretty open in the fact that he's kind of taken him under his wing. Yeah. Like, he's the next guy at left tackle. He's, 
you know, he sees a little bit of himself in him. And even uh, Bill Beatembo at the golf tournament yeah, talked, he to did. Him, talked about him a little bit. Just and didn't in, shy away from it either. Yeah, he was like, we think this guy could be the next big deal at, at left tackle at OU. And everybody knows what that means at OU, especially that position. I got to say, Bill Beatembo, he might be, right now, at least on the, if you're doing a hot chart, man, I mean, I think Mike Leach will always be the number one assistant Bob ever brought to Norman. I don't think anybody else. I think Brent Venables is way up there. Um, I mean, Kevin, Bill, Wilson, Kevin Wilson in that top yeah. tier, probably. Yeah, I mean, as an offensive coordinator, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But That's Bill Beatenbow, sure. I mean, you take it all in. Like, I think Mark Mangino was fantastic, but I cannot, I can't, I can't forget. The fact that he ran off, you know, he always had to re-recruit his line because he ran off so many guys. And Josh, you remember when you were young, they missed on a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would well, miss on guys, and then they would run them off, and then they just they would have like 12 offensive linemen on scholarship. You know, everybody talks about that Alabama game, but people forget that team, that, like, that offensive line should have been a joke. Yeah, what they did should never. Bronson ever, Irwin ever, ever started ever. at tackle in that game. At, at left tackle, like sorry, Bronson, oh. we love it's, you. It's, it's just amazing. No, yeah, no diss on Bronson. Bronson but, was but a really here's good. Here's the guard. thing: like I remember when Bronson, tackle? when Bronson came to camp. Remember that when he came to OU summer camp, he came in and put on one of the best performances I've ever seen. He 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 was fired up every snap. He mauled people left and right. He moved his feet really well. And from that performance, like, look, if he plays that hard, he could be a tackle in college. I always thought he could have been a tackle in college. And then they had to put him in for the Alabama game. I can't even remember all the reasons why now that I think about it. But he was fantastic. I'm trying to think. Somebody was somebody was injured, what weren't they? Or out? Was that well, when they remember were... they'd started Farniok That's in that, right. uh, the OSU game, and That's right. that was clearly a disaster, yeah. and so they went in a different direction. And I'm trying to remember how that – because that was the first game Deontay Savage started, and I'm trying to remember how that line actually broke down that night. I'm trying to remember all the way through it. That was Gabe's last game, wasn't it? Yes. So Gabe was obviously at center. So, you know, it would be really boring for us to go through that. Yeah. But it was, but whatever. Uh, but but I think your point was Bill Beatenbow was a miracle worker that night. Yes. Incredible, incredible. I, like c- compare that against that Alabama team to what that offensive line looked like in 01 under Mangino when it was just a dumpster fire for a whole season. Yeah, it's bad. In a in a in a nutshell, just look at what Ben Powers has done since he's got to campus. I mean, he's kind of turned him into a. Into a machine. Well, like Josh said, the reason that Drew Samia is on the bench isn't because he can't play or he's not good enough to start. It's because Bobby Evans is one of the most athletic right right tackles that they've ever had in this program. Yeah. yeah. And it's really bizarre because you don't see athleticism shine with with guys on the offense. Like Trent Williams, I, I, I'm surprised that he's become as good as he is in the NFL. Although, not really after I watched him just destroy Von Miller. Uh, when they played A and M one year, I think I think it was, I think it was Von Miller. He probably left after his junior year. It was it was his last year in college, and Trent was like a sophomore or something. Just abused him that day, and I thought, okay, Trent Williams is really good. Like, yeah, 
He he just destroyed. And I was like, Von Miller sucks. He's not going to do anything. Never going to play it down. <laughs> but like, I I guess just I just never really noticed how athletic Trent Williams was that he's now become you know one of the best left tackles in football. And like um, like Jamal Brown, I was kind of saying like you kind of discounted his athleticism because he couldn't play defensive tackle. You like usually if guys don't play can't play on the defensive line, I consider them you know lacking in athleticism. It's just a perception thing, but I mean, but what it's I'm a saying is, thing. Bobby, is. It's a Bobby thing. Evans, like literally, his his you see his athleticism when he plays. It's just so unusual. So that's my point. I I couldn't agree more. Like I, he was a kid, and I and I. There's plenty of guys that I loved, and I thought Alex Dalton was going to be a really good player, and it didn't look like it's going that way, but. Bobby Evans is a guy I was a huge fan of in high school, and he's and he's even exceeded what I thought he could do. He's, I I think he, if you were going to make me pick in the NFL which guy's going to have more success, I'd take Bobby over Orlando. Well, I just think he fits it better. He plays in space more naturally than Orlando does. Well, Beaten Bow's done a fantastic. I mean, they don't oh, have anything to incredible. worry about there. So absolutely. Uh, anything else that really stood out to you today? Uh, Eddie, being out there? No, outside. I, I think Lincoln that, got to do interviews today as the head coach after practice for the first time, and he talked for quite a while. He's he's not like Bob trying to get out of there in fifteen minutes. He I wrote stood about there that yesterday. I mean, he's yeah. he is. Uh, if you have a question, he will answer that question. He's done just about everything. The you know, kind of the the title of that story, Carrie, that you wrote was he needs to put up W's now. That's like the final hurdle. To get through, I, I thought the the biggest takeaway, though, and I think a lot of people on the board are going to be interested in just the the battle at at safety. I think that you know it sounds like Will Johnson is kind of leading that that free safety. And it sounds like Khalil Houghton is no longer Khalil Houghton for that that spot. Has moved over to Strong and is Sunday. backing up Stephen Parker now. And I asked Mike Stoops, I said, "What what more do you need from Will Houghton?" And he said, "I need him to make plays." Yeah. He was very short, very, know. very to the point yeah. on that on that subject. And I think that you know you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as uh, is Hofton just not getting the job done at free safety, or are they that impressed with Robert Barnes and uh, a Chance Sylvie combo at free safety? So I, I think that's kind of the emerging storyline. I think that uh, that might be number one a uh, with uh, Will Sunderland's situation now that. I think you got an idea of where they are at running back. I think there's guys at wide receiver. They're just going to have to produce. So I, I think that's probably my biggest number one question. And I think that you look at also at a uh, middle linebacker, you know, we'd spent, I was over there for probably five minutes this morning with middle linebackers, but uh, Kenneth Murray and, and John Michael Terry, one of the two, Kenneth Murray looks great physically. Yeah. It's just, can he, can he figure it out? Can he play football? At, at this he's level, a, he's a better talent. I don't think there's any doubt that he can play football than John Michael Terry, but that doesn't mean that he's gonna. You know, that's such a that that position. I I I'm kind of I kind of love this position because I got into fight with a lot of people last year about how good Jordan Evans was mm -hmm. because a lot of people just couldn't let go of the Tech game. Um, but he was the only guy that was making tons of plays for that defense last year, and I mean, game changing plays for that defense last year. They're not going to have that this year. I mean, they're going to have a guy that's just trying not to screw up out there. And I, you kind of want a headhunter at that position, don't you? I mean, I don't know if if just not screwing up will will be good for this defense. 
You know, but the, but I thought that's what Dominic Alexander was. Okay. He was a guy that just grabbed onto people and hung on for dear life, and he'd get like 18 tackles, but he, not one of them were, were not him knocking somebody backwards. Yeah. That's true. You just want to make some... But those defenses weren't great, so I mean... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that's saying. <laughs> they need to be better up front, and I think that, you know, it, it is kind of comforting looking at what they have at defensive tackle and defensive end right now. Uh, it's just going to be about making plays, and I think that will even... Uh, you know, I, I think that will even help the secondary if they can get more pressure on the quarterback. I, it all goes hand in hand. Uh, it's just going to be kind of a now a, a month long of uh, buildup before they actually go out and prove it or play. All right, uh, Josh, let's switch to some recruiting. Uh, Lincoln Riley, as we've talked about, he, he, he loves the other parts of this job. He loves the recruiting. Uh, I don't know, loves the media is the right way, but he, he uses the media as a tool, um, which Bob Stoops never really cared for any of it. Uh, Lincoln Riley seems to embrace it. Um, what do you think, and have you kind of got any indication of, you know, will kids be coming in a lot during this camp or uh, in terms of recruits, or do you think that that's something that um, they'll kind of try and focus just on camp and not worry so much about having a lot of visitors? Have you gotten I, I any indication? I think it's going to be more of the latter. Don't get me wrong. Like if a elite, you know, Bobby Brown wants to come in or Ronnie Perkins or, you know, some other elite guy that they really, you know, are just never going to say no to a visit. Or if Jalen Redmond wants to come down for practice. Yeah, or, like, or uh, yeah, commits. Ron Tatum and stuff. Yeah, yeah, commits are going to be hanging around. Like that. that's no big deal. But as far as a guy that they're going to say, well, we want you here anytime you can come, th they're not going to turn those guys away. But I also don't think they're going to be setting up, you know, yeah, we want, you know, our top three running backs all through here this fall. Like, I don't I don't think they look at it that way. Um, I think they want to focus. I think that's a big part of what the barbecue was, is a chance to kind of have that last summer thing with them. And then we're going to focus on football. You focus on your, you know, junior, senior, sophomore year, whatever it may be. And then, you know, we'll see you during the season, come down for a game and come see us, you know, that kind of thing. But again, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression that OU's closing the door on recruiting. That's not the way that's going to go. I just don't think that I, I, you know, it's it's like we talked about, you know, with with any coach, what they love to do is coach. So if they can have that time to just be around the players and go through all that, that that's what they want to do. And at the same time, they'll keep talking to kids and recruiting. And if somebody big time wants to show up, then they're not going to stop them. You know, it's it's always interesting because whenever we would go to practices, uh, Bob Stoops seemed to really embrace recruits coming in while they were practicing. And, I mean, Lincoln Riley is making his own moves and how he does things. I wonder if he's not the type of guy that's like, look, uh, if we can get Josh Proctor in here, maybe we don't want him seeing Mike Stoops yell at people in practice. like Lose it on somebody? Because, I mean, it was obvious he got after Stephen Parker today. <laughs> that that might have been the best part of post-practice <laughs> interviews today. It was like... You, could, you and I were over talking to Mike, just trying to get him to loosen up a little bit. He was very high strung today. They must have. Ooh, yeah, must, he was. It was. Uh, it must have been a growing practice. I I asked him a question about uh, because somebody told me like the defense looks so much better so far in practice than they did a year ago, and so I kind of posed that question to him, and he was like, "No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not making those comparisons." And I was like, oh, you, and I just said something like, oh, you can't, you can't give out any compliments four days in the camp, huh? And he just kind of laughed and chuckled. And then Stephen Parker comes up from behind him and starts apologizing, like well, we're in the middle of our interview. 
and uh, you could tell like he was really upset. Like they had, they had something a something uh, had happened. Yeah, they had a uh, some kind. Of, I I, I want to say scuffle, but it wasn't a I'm scuffle. Sure, yeah, I'm sure they yelled at each yeah, other. Yeah, it was or it was a nice little disagreement, I guess. But basically, Stephen Parker said that was all my fault. I'll do I'll do better next time. Like he was taking it. Like it it was kind of cool to see. I mean that that's your leader on defense, one of your leaders. Yeah. Uh, and he was coming up to basically, you know, make amends. That's one of the first things that I, and it might just be because it's a talking point for Riley, but there was no doubt that, you know, there was so much focus put on. They don't have leaders when they started one and two last year. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. You can't use that excuse this year. That's basically all they've talked about is how now much they've leadership. got Oboe. Now they got Brown. Yes. They got Baker. They got Steven Parker. Um, you know, even Jordan Thomas. I mean, they've got so many guys. I mean, because they were missing Tapper and Stryker, and uh, they lost Darlington on the offensive yes. side. And I mean, there were so many guys, captains, Trevor Knight. I mean, that that they didn't have. So yeah, they're all and they're all back. So and they they all came back with playing experience too. You know, it's really not strange, but I I thought it was interesting as I was going over the photos today. And uh, it's like Lincoln Riley, like he's skinny. He got real skinny last year. And now he's kind of back to being jacked again. Like he, he looks like he's been lifting a lot. Hmm. I saw him and Imani Bledsoe walking out of the gym the other day together. Like the Everest gym? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just making a bad steroid joke. <laughs> oh, I got you. Oh, my God. No word on that either, by the way. I, I would assume as we get closer, you know how the NCAA works in regards to Monty Bledsoe. You know, I, I said the name. I he was out there today. I take it. I, oh no, I, no, he's out. Yeah, yeah I was okay. watching. I was. With, okay. He's been out there the whole time. I mean, yeah, he's he been through summer workouts. Yes. He's been a part of the team. I mean, he's just suspended for the first four games. So it that will be interesting. I, I think that that's probably something that you check back on when you know week before the first game if you don't hear anything. Yeah. That will be interesting to see what he can if he gets any type of information. I don't. Back. Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't want to keep bugging Lincoln about it. I asked him at Big Twelve Media Days about it, and he he said, you know, as of now, it's a four game suspension. So I don't want to keep harping, and you know, at least two weeks later. But I don't know. It might be worth asking Friday or Saturday during Big Twelve Media. I don't want to ask it again. But yeah, the good news is we do get to talk to these guys here. Just I guess in forty eight hours because we'll have. Uh, a lot of coverage on Saturday from uh, the official, I guess, quote-unquote, uh, local media. Today. I'm always torn. I was thinking about this today. Do I really want to go to autograph day and take the pictures? And I just... There are, you know, there are a lot of cute kids, like little cute kids, and it kind of makes your heart melt. But at the same time, you can tell the kids who have been dragged there by their uncle who just wants to get his helmet signed. Or by their dad who just wants to be around the players. I prefer to think of loser uncle. I don't like it when kids have loser dads. That's sad. Well, there are a lot of kids that have loser dads. I know, though. but it's sad. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Tough break, Laney. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't... I. I, I, I think know. I'll probably go just because it's a good uh, video. It's a opportunity. It's, it, it is a historical moment yet again. Every every first, you know, there's all these firsts for Lincoln Riley. It will be his first, like, see his autograph line, and you know how little kids react to him being a. I'm sure. I'm sure little kids are going to be like, "Where's Bob Stoops?" Yeah. Or there will be a. Yeah, lot will of a that. little kid start crying because he expected Bob Stoops? Yeah. 
they should put a little cardboard cut out of Bob just so people will think it's him. <laughs> that it's going to be interesting. I'd love to hear like what the one question that that Lincoln right because I bet there's a bunch of old people too that will just have completely it's going to be like ridiculous comments. Oh, I, yeah, and, I, I'm sure there are going to be some. Uh, there'll be a grandpa. Oh, you're not Bob. There'll be uh, yeah, some Hoosiers. No They're going to be some Hoosiers. Uh, barbershop type questions. There will be a bunch of questions that he's been asked and or, you know, that have come up every stop that he's going. Can you imagine if somebody's there with their little child and they're like, are you ever going to get rid of Mike Stoops? Oh, there! I bet there are sometimes. I bet there are some people that and say stuff like that. Why does Tim Kish still have a job here? But... Well, you know what Lincoln should say? You can ask him. He's he's four coaches down. There's a lot of people that would would that. Well, talk, you know they put Bob on the other that. side though. Like like they would put Bob That's on right. the other side, and then That's the assistants right. on the other side. So like Bob has his own line. Yeah. But I wonder how big the Lincoln line will be this year. I mean, will it come anywhere close to what Bob's lines have been like? Uh, I would say that they, it will just because there's going to be a. I think that there will be a lot of people. Because you can't put that, the quarterbacks and Bob in the same line. Yeah, they they've been on opposite yes. sides. Bob has been over with the defensive guys now. That right, because they do it under the stadium. Yes, now. Uh, it will be interesting. I I I guess that we'll have to just wait and see. I I think that it'll probably be a pretty good turnout as it as it usually is for this thing. And uh, you know, I I dog on it, I bag on it, but I remember going as a kid, so. You get to go and be a jerk to Boomer and Sooner. Uh, yeah, they when they try and give you a high five, me. we don't do that around here. I need to get that on video. Uh, we don't. We don't. Because you should see his face, Josh. Like it is, he's so uncomfortable when Boomer and Sooner try and give him a high five. I'm a. I'm and a top dog, ride to, or die. He tries to be really rude, but he knows it's a it's the ultimate bastard thing to do is to say horrible things to Boomer and Sooner. So he's trying to control himself a little bit. I ride with Top Dog. He did say that to him right to their faces last year. <laughs> Do you think the two kids in there even know who the hell Top Dog is? If they're mascots, I would hope that they would. Real people know who Top Dog is. I mean, those those suits stink so bad. I, I have the utmost respect. And you know what? I will give you a high five, and Boomer and or Sooner. Just because you... Are going and it, it, Eddie, it was so hot today. Like they are living in the pit of hell, walking around in those mascot suits. Kind of think that's a decision that you make when you <laughs> want to be a mascot. <laughs> when you decide to major, you in did that to studies. yourself. I'm not yeah. gonna feel sorry for you. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, definitely. Eddie, Eddie can make me look like the decent human being. He's the only person that can do that. Good cop, bad cop. Uh, okay, let's let's finish off with a flurry. Josh, uh, recruiting news. What can you tell us about the latest? And uh, maybe just a little recap of what we've been through here in the last week. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously, um, uh, coming off the barbecue, picked up the three commitments. Uh, Jace McClellan in the class of 2020, one of not just Texas's best running backs, but one of the better young backs in the country. Uh, Some say from, regardless of class, they think he's the – I've seen people say regardless of class, he. I think he's the best running back in Texas. Uh, I don't – I'd have to sit there and go through 2019 a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's the, you know, knuckle-draggers yeah. of Texas high school football. Yeah, but I don't – I mean – I, there's not like that obvious guy that you're like, oh, well, he's clearly better than ever, you know. So I, I'd, I'd have to look through that a little bit and think on it. But I mean, he's he's very good. Helped 
Oh God, let's try it. Alito, Alito. <laughs> oh God, I'm so I'm so gun shy now. To a state championship <laughs> last year, I mean, it was a big part of their playoff run. So, um, and you know, crazy enough, he and you know his his teammate, 2019 corner Jeffrey Carter, who was the first commitment of uh, the barbecue, was actually the first guy ever from that program to commit to Oklahoma. So, I or at least would be the first to ever sign. There, there's no history of OU having a player from that program through the year. So I think that's kind of crazy that, you know, that it never happened and then one day they get two. Um, and then obviously in 2018, the huge one, the guy we talked about a lot in the last podcast, uh, Jalen Redmond. I mean, just a huge need for Oklahoma, an elite pass rusher. Uh, the kind of guy, you know, kind of like Ron Tatum or a Bray Walker, when your state is producing big guys up front, you have to get them. It's just – it's. There's not enough of those guys in Oklahoma, so when they do come around, you have to seize on them and take advantage. So I think he's a, um, I think he's a potential early difference maker. He's a guy that is going to walk on campus, probably be 6'3", 245, 250. I mean, physically, he'll be able to handle it. It's just going to be about how quickly can he mature and pick up all the nuances he'll need to. <clears throat> Excuse me, God. So do you think? Do you think that is he getting ready to have the type of year where? Regardless of the fact that he's he's committed to Oklahoma, that every most of the or not, not every but most of the major powers are going to try and take a whack at him. I think there's a good chance. I mean, if what we saw of Jalen this spring and summer will translate to the field, there, there's no reason for him not to be a, a borderline rivals 100 guy and you know one of the top probably 10 defensive ends in the country. I mean, like he's that special. It's just you know. People want it to happen so fast, and Jalen's still figuring things out. I mean, it, there was no question that the uptake for him this spring was much quicker. He was reacting better. He could see things. It wasn't just see ball, chase ball. Like, he kind of could anticipate what was happening, and he would make the right calls or the right movements. But now you'll kind of see how that – like I said, we'll see what happens. He's going. Uh, he's under a new defensive coordinator – We'll see how they use him at Midwest City. So there, there are some questions that have to be answered. But, I mean, from a physical standpoint, he's he's just tremendously gifted. Um, now, going into the week to kind of, you know, we kind of finish the team talk, talking about what's going on at linebacker. And in recruiting, I mean, that's, that's kind of the big question right now with Oklahoma possibly getting two commitments, you know, maybe by Sunday – with Brian Asamoah, the uh, linebacker from Ohio, and Deshaun White, the uh, linebacker from the Fort Worth area. Um, with White, I think his decision's imminent. I think we'll probably all find out Saturday, if I was going to guess. And I think uh, I think Oklahoma's in good shape. I, it's not a done deal. Nothing seems certain. And no one seems to really know. But I, the, the impression I get is definitely Oklahoma turned his head in a big way because we talked about it. Um, last week on the podcast that he was a guy that I said, well, you know, it, you're hearing A&M in Oklahoma State, and it sounds a lot like A&M, but maybe Oklahoma can kind of come in and surprise him. And I, I think they just hit it out of the park with his visit. And he kind of fell in love and uh, almost immediately said, hey, I'm, I'm going to have a decision before too long. Uh, on Monday night, actually announced he did have a decision. He'd come to his choice. So I think now it's just a matter of him announcing it. I think, like I said, if I was going to, label my confidence i'd say somewhere around 65 70 percent for oklahoma with asamoa it it's a little more gray area he's he's very he plays his cards very close to the vest i think it's probably going to be ou or pit 
Um, obviously, you know, people are going to ask Pitt's a lot closer to home. He's got a lot more familiarity there. So that's kind of how they're planning to win, win out. But I think in either case, I, I would be surprised if Oklahoma got neither. And I definitely, I, I think two is completely possible. When was the last time a guy decided between Oklahoma and Pitt? It's a proximity thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Dan Marino, Tony Dorsett. It was Dorsett. He changed it was. to Dorsett. My, Never heard of him. Kerry, you know my dad. My dad Just still kidding. says Dorsett. Like he's very bitter about it for some reason. I don't know why that. He, he will not accept Dorsett. He thinks that's just... I don't know why he thinks that's weird. The computer's making noises because uh, I wanted to do something, which is... Uh, we talk about this all the time. Some jackhole gave us a one-star rating on our podcast page. Well, he's a Sooner bitch. Scoop podcast page. Yeah, you know, could have been a Texas fan. Uh... But I wanted to read some of the uh, the, the ratings, because I know some of you guys haven't ever paid attention to this stuff. Some of them are informative. Some of them are hurtful. <laughs> um, I don't want to read all the stuff that's like, uh, you know, super... It's like the last one. Funny, creative, and informative. Love it was the title. Here's one I don't really understand. Good info, not so wholesome fun. <laughs> Sooner's tidbits snuggled in between loads of insults to scattered generalized people groups. What is that even? But he gave us five stars. Thank you for the five star, but he must not have liked the uh, hashtag banging for Jesus, who I'm excited oh, to watch play tonight. I'm so excited. Just not talk about that anymore. Bang, he he gets a whole half, doesn't he? A, hey, if he scores a touchdown... I'm BFJN on Twitter. You guys need to retweet it. It will be a, it will be a big deal. Let's make this like Natty's for Patty. Uh, Scosting, I don't appreciate you uh, and your review. Less Carrie and hearing about his high school <laughs> baseball stories and more Josh. We don't have any high, high school, school baseball, baseball stories. I don't, maybe he's confusing this with my radio show. I don't know. Um. Oh, shoot, is the title of this five-star review. I'm going to blank on his name. I think we do do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that that's me. Like, that's almost certainly me, because that's exactly what I say is I just can't remember. Five stars isn't justice. I like that. A cast of characters. Eddie, personal favorite, with an in-depth knowledge of team and recruiting news. Josh keeps it real with recruiting news. Carrie, more so team news. Uh, and uh, even the old editions are worth a listen. I promise you'll learn something new with each one. Only listen if you're ready for the truth. Other Sooner Media outlets simply pale in comparison. Insightful National College Football Outlook tidbits, too. My future children will listen to each podcast. Wow. That's from Beer91. <laughs> that was me dropping the mic. There you it's go. Done. So uh, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, go to iTunes. Uh, give us a rating. We could use some ratings on Stitcher. If you're a Stitcher user, uh, you might go and check that out as well. But, yeah, we, we certainly appreciate all you guys. There's Pizza Booty. There's uh, Joe Main Man Mixon. Uh, see a lot of board names on here that I recognize. Uh, and go over to Sooner Scoop. Uh, subscribe. 
never a better time. We are killing it right now. Lots of content. Uh, lots of camp coverage. Just had our first media access. We'll have media day on Saturday. Uh, so we're just going to have more and more and more to come. Of course, Josh always killing it with the recruiting coverage. Uh, Eddie with the Scoop HD. So uh, go uh, subscribe to the website. Uh, email Josh to Josh at Soonerscoop.com. Uh, we might be able to give you a little special offer uh, if you're interested in signing up for our website. So um, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll go ahead and cut it off here. But Josh, appreciate you being on the show as always. Eddie, uh, you've got a lot of work to do, I know. But uh, tr- maybe try and take a nap at some point. Uh, you can sleep whenever you want tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Cubs just gave up four in the first. Oh, God, you better get home. Road rage setting in. It's not good. Uh, so I am Kerry Murdoch, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.